Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. We are going to continue the series about called Life and Legacy. And the whole point of this series is that it is looking at some of the parts events and things that are traditionally kind of celebrated by the kind of more traditional church, Orthodox church, that we perhaps dismiss. So things like uh, we do Good Friday, we do Easter Sunday, we do Christmas Day, um, but we don't do really much around Pentecost and we don't do anything particularly around when Jesus ascended and we don't really do anything around um, when Mary got pregnant. We don't really talk about those things, despite the fact that actually there's moments in time, they're really significant. So when we got pregnant with Zachary and we, we got pregnant with Levi, it's obviously an amazing moment and it's kind of like a point of, wow, that's awesome. But we don't talk at all about when the angel came to see Mary. And so we wanted to look at those things and build those into something we do as a community, not to restrict us, but to kind of celebrate those things and remind ourselves of those things. Um, so this week, there's actually four we've done over the last sort of, we started two weeks ago when um, I looked at the Ascension Sunday and then we looked at Pentecost last Sunday. And then this week is actually Trinity Sunday, where it's a kind of celebration of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, as a point. So we're going to look at that and again it's going to be using the lectionary as the, the Bible verses that we refer to and we look at this morning. Um, so I'd like you first of all please just turn to Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6. So looking at the Trinity Sunday obviously it's to do with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And we have this amazing dynamic between these three that are their interaction with each other. There's so often there's been this kind of um, language terminology used because it's Father, Son and Holy Spirit that the there's some kind of hierarchy or there's some kind of ascendancy with it. But actually there's an interaction with them. There's a kind of um, interchange and engagement with each other that there's anything but hierarchical. And therefore they engage with each other. And they have this idea that, um, that there's this almost this community, this relational interconnectedness between them um, that they bring us into. That they talk about in Genesis, isn't it? That when... when that's when it says that let us make man in our image. That there's a corporateness about them. There's a togetherness about them. Let us make man in our image. Um, and they bring us into this community. By making man in their image, they are bringing man into that community. They bring in humankind into that. And therefore we take part in this place of them giving into one another. The, 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 the father gives into the son. The son gives into the spirit. The spirit gives back into the father. The, the, there's this constant pouring out of each other into the other and they bring us into that and therefore we take this space of being poured into by them but this crazy idea that in our worship in our love in our adoration and declaration we are doing something of giving something back to the father giving something back to the son giving something back to the spirit which is phenomenal that we can be put in such a place where we are involved in that environment of giving into one another but in the same way that that you see in a very simple way you see this idea that that the father sends the son that god's to love the world that he gave his only begotten son that the father commissions the son to come into the earth to represent god that jesus looks like god that jesus is the image of god and therefore he comes into this in there and then when jesus lives and he he dies and he he rises from the dead and he ascends to the father he then sends the holy spirit to come and, and be the empowerment of the church hence why we said celebrate pentecost and so you've got this idea that they also defer to one another 
there's a recognition of that okay it's almost this is my role this is what I do this is who I am and I defer to you on this and I defer to you on this that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and there's a, a deferring to one another and yet they brought us into that space which is a phenomenal thing if you think about that that they give and they pour out into each other but they also defer to each other and celebrate each other and yet they brought us into both those things they've not just brought us in to just receive all the time they brought us in to receive their love and their grace and their adoration but also they brought us in to pour that same thing back out to them and made that matter to them made that valuable to them but secondly to that they've not just brought us in to be a, a kind of a spectator in what goes on amongst them but they brought us in to take part in that as well that you think about the language that's used by Jesus. Jesus, so the Father sends Jesus to come live on earth, to die on a cross, to, to rise again, and then to ascend to the Father. The whole, the, Jesus then almost sends the Spirit. He says, I will send the Comforter. I will send the, the Advocate. I will send the Counselor to come and be with you. And yet he also says to the Church that you go and you do greater things than I do. That he is involving them, he is deferring, Jesus himself is deferring to us to say, I've done my bit, now it's your turn. And we see that sometimes as this kind of, no, it's still Jesus does it, Jesus does it. He does absolutely that, we don't do anything without being involved in that. But he doesn't physically do it, we physically do it. We are here, we are the hands and feet of the body of Christ to demonstrate that. And therefore he is, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, he is almost deferring to us in this space now. He's saying, look, you are the ones that go and bring the message. You are the ones that go and lay your hands on the sick. You are the ones that pour money and finance into that situation. You are the ones who eat with the lowly and the humble and the, and, and the homeless. You are the ones that do those things. Jesus isn't here physically doing those things. The Holy Spirit's not here physically doing those things. He is here to stand by in it and support and strengthen and do those things with us. But he, we are the ones that physically do it. And therefore, in the same way that they defer to one another, Jesus is going to clear that the Holy Spirit is going to come and help you. But actually, you're going to be the ones that do this, guys. And it does this, which is a phenomenal thing. It's an amazing thing of what we've been brought into. And that's what we're looking at this morning. So, Isaiah 6, I think you're probably there. I'm, I'm not there at all yet, so I'm going to get there now. Isaiah 6 says this. In verse 1, it says... In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one carried to another and said, also one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, this is Isaiah speaking, Woe is me, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eye has seen the, look, the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, he touched my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. First things there, that we are not brought into this, this divine connection as unclean, unworthy, unokay. We have been made worthy, we have been made clean by what Jesus Christ has done. And therefore we don't come in unclean. We don't come in in a place of unworthiness. We come in with the ability to involve in this. And that's really important in this. That 
I really feel and sense the tenacity of God coming in to say, look, realise who you are, realise what I've invested in you to do, and realise that you can start to express that. And one of the biggest challenges in that process is realising that's who I am. And letting that reality of who God's made us break through the insecurity, the doubt, the fear, the, the worry that says, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I can't do this. Being like... Isaiah saying, look, I'm, I'm unclean. I'm, I'm not good enough to be here. I, I can't do this. And yet, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit saying, no, no, you come and you be, be part. We make you part. We bring you in because we love you. You're lovely because we love you. You're good because we said you're good. And therefore, the, there's that bringing in to say, actually, no, you're good enough. And that's literally what, what they've done here with Isaiah. They brought him in. The thing that was going to separate him from it was, I'm unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips, which is probably right. And I live in a, in a people of unclean lips. Again, probably right. But God didn't want that to separate him. And therefore did something to enable him to be able to access. And in the same way that Jesus did something so that we could access. We could step into who he's called and made us to be. And step into that interconnectedness of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. That, that would have separated Isaiah but it's, it, that happens and it changed him and therefore it, now he can access and my prayer and I just pray Father I pray right now that there will be the same thing that you would come this week and you would in the same way that, that Isaiah was touched by those coals to make him realise what you'd done I just pray that you touch our hearts you touch our minds you touch our emotions you touch who we are to let us realise actually we are part of this we can be with you father son and holy spirit that we are not separated we're not distant but we're with you and we're connected with you in jesus name um and then he says this in verse eight also i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send and who will go for us listen to the language who will go for us there's this idea that this, this oneness between them, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but that Isaiah is brought into that. He is brought into that idea that he's part of this corporateness now. He's saying, look, who's going to go for us? And I would suggest you that before Isaiah had, had this revelation of that his sins being purged and his iniquity being taken away, he, his response here would have been different. And that's sometimes what gets in our way, that we feel that we're not good enough, we make mistakes, or that our past will one day catch up with us. And therefore we withdraw and we retreat back because we think, actually, I can't do this. But something changed in Isaiah that meant that his response that we're about to read happened. And my prayers, as I just said, my prayers that something changed in us, that our response is the same. That whatever it is that makes me hold back, that... God speaks and changes that this week that we would be like, actually, I'm going to step forward because he's changed something in me. And he says this. So he says, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Isaiah said, Here I am, here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. We're not going to read the rest of that. But the idea that Isaiah stepped forward and said, Look, send me. And that's the, the kind of message of this that. The God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are basically saying to us, heaven is saying to us, to the church, you're part, you're with, but who's going to go? Who's going to go and bring the message? Who's going to go and say to the people? Who's going to carry heaven to earth? Who's going to do that? Do we do it on our own strength? Absolutely not. Do we do it because we're amazingly good people? Absolutely not. We do it because we're part of that. We're part of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're part of that.
But that doesn't mean we can just go, oh, part of that, it's fine, everything will happen, whatever will be, will be. That's not the way it's been done. That's not the way it's set up. That, that's not the way it works. The, the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, in the same way in Genesis, let us make man in our image. It's the same kind of language. Who will go for us? And they're saying, look, are you going to go? And I was like, I'll go. Because the thing that would have restricted him was changed. He realised his sins were purged away, that his iniquity was gone. And therefore, I said, I'll go. I'll go. And my challenge to myself and to us as a community is in the little moments, all the big moments, are we going, yeah, I'll go. Or are we letting things go, actually, no, I probably shouldn't really go, if I'm honest. I probably shouldn't really step forward in that situation. Or I'm going, yeah, I'll, I'll go. That when someone is sick in front of us, I'm, are we going, yeah, okay, I'll go. I'll lay my hand on them. I'll pray for them because I'm aware that heaven's resources are available for that situation. Or when there's someone in financial need and we're going, I probably shouldn't because I'm not sure. Or we're going, I'll go. Yeah, I'll, I'll meet that need. Or when there's time needed for investing into someone's life, that I'll go, yeah, yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll give up my time to invest in there. I'll spend my time there. Or when there's somebody that we don't like or that we find difficulty with, are we going, actually, and I probably shouldn't because I don't like them. We'll go, yeah, I'll I'll go. I'll reach forward to that person, that enemy of mine, because I want to make sure the love of God reaches them as well. That is it that, or are the things that send us actually I won't go, but I'm going. I'll go. And all those little things, all the big things, the little things. Are we saying I'll go? Just go to Psalm 29. It's an exciting time because I really I, I have a greater sense of the fact that. An awareness of, of, of heaven's resource being available to us. And him going, look, let's step out and do this. Let's step out and do this. And there's so many things in my own life that rule me off, that I count myself off for, that I restrict and pull back from. And I just sense God saying, no, no, just go, just go, just go, just go. It's Psalm 29 verse 1 says this, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip a calf. Um, skip like a calf, sorry. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the, bo- the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood and the Lord sits as king of forever. The Lord will give strength to his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace. Now I want to just suggest something. That... If we look at what Isaiah, situation was with Isaiah, they've gone, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have gone, like you're part of this. Now who's going to go for us? And Isaiah went, I'll go. And then God said to him, say this to the people. Notice that God didn't say it to the people. Notice that it wasn't an audible voice from heaven, but that it was something that happened in Isaiah. In that vision, in that time, that God said, look, say this. And we hear in this bit, the voice of the Lord does this. The voice of the Lord does this. And I'm not going to focus on what that is at the moment. But just to encapture this, that the voice of God is expressed to his church. That I speak 
as a representative of that, as a representative of heaven. And what I speak is has the potential to be the voice of heaven. Does that mean I get it wrong? Absolutely that. Does that mean the people get it wrong? Absolutely that. But it's that God is using the church, using people to share the voice of heaven. That we hear the voice of the Lord says this, this, this. Does that mean God can't speak audibly? Of course he can. But what I'm saying is that there's a pattern throughout scripture that says about God speaking to the prophets. Why to the prophets? Because they're special? No, because he speaks so that then that voice can come out into the earth. In the same kind of way he's saying to us, I want to share with you and show you the resource of heaven so that you can speak and do what I've shown you and what I've given you to do. And that's the challenge because we sometimes look for it to be over there or over there or over there or wait for Jesus to come back down or something like that. And God said, no, 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 you become my voice. And the biggest challenge is this, that I would suggest that the voice the Lord has heard through his people that his voice in those moments is heard through his people. And this is a challenge because with the help of the Holy Spirit, we make sure that voice is, is, is of heaven. The, the, with the help of being a multitude of a community and hearing from other people, make sure that, that the multitude in, in a multitude of counsellors, there is much wisdom. And the idea that, that when we're in the community, we can hear that. And with the help of the Holy Spirit and the help of each other, we make sure the voice we speak is heaven's voice. Is that. But the challenge is this, that the world we live in has a judgment of God based on not God himself, but based on his church. So if people have a perception of God that he's silent, never speaks, never gets involved, never does anything, the main reason for that is because the church is silent, never speaks, never gets involved, never does anything. If people have a perception of God being judgmental, or God being um, critical, or God being damning, that's probably because the church has been critical, judgmental, and damning. If people have this idea that, that God is not with them in their most difficult and challenging moments, that he's, that he's removed, that is often because the church has been removed from their most difficult and challenging moments. Now that's not first meaning, oh, oh how bad is the church? Because the church is a beautiful thing, and we do so many amazing things as a community, but also beyond us as a global church, and it's awesome. But it, the challenge is that God is seen through his body. God is seen through his church. God is seen through the communities of men and women and children up and down the country that say, yeah, we're Christians, we're a church. That's how God's seen. That's how people connect it with it. And the challenge is, what do they see? What do they connect with? Are we only going to get it right? Absolutely not. Completely not going to get it right at the time. But the point is, with each other and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can be that voice. So yesterday, we were, as a church, as a community, the voice was, we care for you, we love you abundantly. That's, that's the voice, that there's always hope. And within that, there was people having conversations here, there and everywhere, there was another voice communicating that. That when I pray for a sick person, or someone with depression, or I give finances to someone in need, or I give time to someone that requires my time, or I love my enemy, or the person I'm different to, the voice is, this is what God does. This is what God looks like. This is the image of God in the earth. And that's the challenge, because Jesus is the perfect representation of God, that God looks like Jesus. But he went. 
He went. And what he said when he went is that I'm going to leave my church. And therefore my church, with the help of the Holy Spirit, is going to be the perfect image of me in the, in the, in the world. And when they look at that church, they see what God looks like. And that's a challenge. That's difficult. Because we're people. We have faults. We have flaws. And we, we, and believe in our interaction, how we deal with those things is a representation of how does God deal with those things. And therefore, it's that same kind of idea that they've got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they're going, look, you guys represent us. Be part with us. Capture our hearts. Spend time with us corporately, individually. Capture our hearts so that it just fills you and floods you. But let me say this. You go and give that message. You go and speak. You go and do it. In doing those things, you represent heaven. If I individually remove myself from situations because I'm insecure or I feel no good or anything like that, I'm literally giving the image of God removing himself from situations. That, that's the challenge. Does that mean that someone else won't step in? Of course they will. But the point is that as I walk towards situations and needs and challenges and things that put me well outside my comfort zone, I'm literally going, God is here with you. He is present here with you. Because the Holy Spirit is here and he's working through me, he's working through a community, he's working through the global church to bring the heart of God into these situations and in these places. And that's difficult, that's challenging, but that's the message and that's the call he's given to us. It says, if you go to Romans 8. Romans 8 verse 12. And the reason it's challenging is because it's real. Sometimes things can be easier and that makes us feel great. But this is challenging and we cannot do this in our own strength. We cannot do this relying on our own ability, our own wisdom, our own perception. But like we talked about earlier, that heaven's resources are available to us. That we can just come and sit and be and know that heaven is around us it's in us that it's there and just sometimes just sitting and going father thank you holy spirit you're here jesus you're here because the holy spirit takes what is jesus and fathers and makes it known to us he connects us that no matter where we are no matter what's going on we are connected there and just sitting and going i've got the whole resource of heaven available that when I lay my hand on that sick person, the whole resource of heaven is available to see that situation changed. That when I take my hand out of my pocket and give money to somebody, I am making space for heaven to flood into my finances and make sure that where there's lack, that's met, so that I can go again, and I can go again, and I can go again. And it's the, it's the fact that we don't do it in our own strength, but it's the idea that the Holy Spirit is there to work with us. And that's kind of what this is talking about here. Romans 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children and heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You've got this idea here that the Holy Spirit is helping us to shift away from living in a world that you could look at. There's different words used for the same idea he uses here. So he talks about live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. He then talks about being a child of God and not slaves. He talks about being adopted and not living in fear. Really he's talking about living with a mentality and a mindset that's caught by heaven and not one that's caught by the earthly systems. 
That's really what he's saying in multiple different ways. That fear connects me to this world system of lack, of dog-eat-dog, of there's never enough. That that same thing of being, a, but to, to counteract fear, there's a recognition that God, I've been adopted. I'm in a place where I am secure, where I have more than enough. Because you're my father. You're my father. And that sense of adoption goes, I've got more than enough. I'm not an orphan. I'm not left alone. I'm not left on my, I'm not here to fight, to fight and thrive and kind of make it work for myself. I'm adopted. And that deals with this kind of fear thing. In the same way that the Holy Spirit helps us recognise the fact that I'm a child of God. I'm not a slave. I'm not a slave who has to just do what I'm told to do. But I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm interacting with Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm engaged in that dialogue, in that conversation. And there's this idea that he's shifting our mentality. The Holy Spirit is shifting our view from one that is dictated by the systems of this world to one that puts to death he says here that puts to death the deeds of the body he's not talking about not having fun he's not talking about this kind of weird thing where we say oh you're a Christian you can't do that can't do this he's saying I want you to put to death the deeds of the body that are counter to heaven's viewpoint he's saying that the Holy Spirit's going to come and help you do that that he's going to come and help you live in such a way that you are able to express heaven into the situations you need. To step out and the challenge, like Isaiah said, look, send me. Send me. I will go. I will go and represent you in that situation. I will go and be your voice into that situation. I will go and, and lay my hand on any sick person I see. I will go and pray for anybody that's struggling with depression and mental health. I will, will wait and hear from God for the wisdom of God for that situation. I will put my hand into my pocket and give money into those people's lives. Because look, send me. Send me. And it's not through our own strength, our own ability, but the Holy Spirit comes and says, I will bring that strength. That kind of sense, look, I'm with you. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm helping you realise that heaven's resources are available to you, that you don't have to live based on this system, that we can break the system by realising that heaven's resources are available and bring it in, and breaking in. But like with Isaiah, the challenge is, is there something that says, look, I'm unclean, I'm not good enough, I'm no good. And like with Isaiah, something came and something changed him. It changed him that it enabled him to go, yeah, I'm here, send me, I'll go, I'll go. And we read in this verse here that it says, um, for his, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's the Holy Spirit doing like with Isaiah, like with that coal going low. You're not unclean. You're not no good. You're not unworthy. Your past doesn't dictate you. Your, your, your failures are not who you are. But the Holy Spirit going, look, this is who you are. You're a child of God. You're beloved. You're chosen. You're appointed. And he's constantly, constantly bearing witness. It actually, the word bears there is a legal term. And it means basically backs up with corroborating evidence. Which is another way, basically, is the Holy Spirit going, look, I'm going to back up the fact that you're a child of God. I'm going to make sure you know you're a child of God. I'm going to make sure that you realise that you're not living in this system anymore, but you live in this system. And your purpose is to bring this system to here. And he's constantly going, look, I'm going to make you realise that. I'm going to make you aware of that. I'm going to bear witness with your spirit, with who you really are, so that it starts to corroborate, starts to be backed up with evidence. That You start to see in the way that we interact with people, that actually, that's who I am. That's who I am. That's an expression of the real me in that situation. 
and it starts to change stuff. Like with Isaiah, it changed him. Then he made start to go, I'll go, yeah, I'll, I'll go, yeah, I'll go there as well. I'll do that as well. That's absolutely fine, yeah. Then you get tired, yeah, absolutely tired. And could do you take a break? Absolutely sometimes. But realising at the same time, I've got heaven's resource to meet this need. I've got all of that available. And the Holy Spirit going, look, you've got it, you've got it, you've got it. And I am not saying we go to some stupid extreme where we never take a day off, we never rest, we never do any of that. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think somewhere in it, God is just going, look, take it to people, please. Take the heart of heaven to people's lives. Take it and bring it to them. Who's going to go for me and do that? Who's going to step outside their comfort zone a little bit and go, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. That's absolutely fine. Because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, have gone right, be part of us. And who's going to take this message? What message? The message of their interrelatedness. The message of their love for one another. Who's going to take that message to people that don't know it yet? And as I went, look, I'll go. I'll go. Because something happened on the inside of him. Something changed. That meant, actually, I feel like I can go. I know I can go. I've got everything right, not at all. I'm going to make everything, every decision right, not at all. But I'll go. I'll go anyway. And the Holy Spirit is here today, this week, this year, for as long as we are open to it, to say, look, I will bear witness with you. I will back you up in what you're doing. I will constantly nag and irritate and bug you to remind you of who you really are and not let you settle for a lower expectation. But he's going, look, I'll do it. I'll help you. I'll work with you. I want to finish with this little bit here. We did this verse last week, and I just want to show you the context. Verse 18, in the same chapter we've just been in, Romans 8. So we just read about the Holy Spirit working with us. It says this in verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Because it is a challenge. When we do step out, when we do move beyond what is comfortable that is difficult that is challenging but he said look that that suffering that challenge that difficulty at this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in you it doesn't even compare to it It doesn't even get close to it for the earnest expectation of creation the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of god for those who recognise their citizenship is in heaven and not on the earth. That's what it's waiting for. For those people, for me and you, to go, actually, this is who we really are. Creation eagerly waits for that because creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the same from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That when we start to reveal that, we bring liberty to everybody else. Because it's not just about me, it's not just about my lake, as Lizzie talked about earlier, it's about the river. And that river goes and it brings freedom and it brings cleansing and it brings hope everywhere so that everybody comes into that same liberty that we've experienced, that we've known. And verse 22, For we know that the whole of creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. And then it goes on to talk about how, how the Holy Spirit helps again. And it's this idea that he is standing and he is going you've got the whole resource of heaven available all of it available and there's some aspects of my thinking where I know that or I'm on a journey to knowing that there's some aspects of my thinking where I just shut that down because I don't accept and believe that and it'll be the same for all of us there'll be some aspects where it's like absolutely I believe that completely maybe money maybe money is one we go absolutely yeah, I completely believe that if I give 
thousand pounds, I've no doubt whatsoever that God will make sure that it's there. Or someone's going, if I give my time, I've got no doubt that my time will be somehow supernaturally replenished. Or if I give my um, resource or my reputation into something, I've no doubt that God will protect that. So the different areas that we might think is okay in, but God's saying, look, I've, you've got all the resources of heaven available. Look at what's around you, sense what's around you, and know that when you go, I'm there with you, I back you, I bear witness with you, I remind you who you really are. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that, again, you continue to irritate and bug and frustrate us in the sense that you just remind us and you bear witness with us, you show us who you made us to be. The where there's those things that discredit us and discount us and tell us we're not good enough and where well, our past will catch up with us and, and the mistakes we've made will kind of define us and the, the opinions of people will restrict us. I just thank you, the same with Isaiah. You would just cause a change to happen in our lives that would just cause us to have boldness and courage to say, I'll go, send me. But let it not be a, re- a waiting for everything to be perfect, but let it be realization that's, yeah, I'll go, send me, I'll go, send me. And let us see those opportunities this week with our friends, our family, our neighbors, our colleagues at work with our um, people we meet on the streets, people that we bump into in the supermarket, people that we don't even know, that let our, our attitude and mindset not be dictated by the limitations of past, of present, of insecurity and doubt and fear, but let it be dictated to by the fact that you've said we are good enough. You've said we are worthy enough. you said we are beloved and chosen. And therefore, our heart is in those moments to say, I'll pray for that person that's not well. I'll give that person money because they've got a need. I'll invest my time over there. I'll risk my reputation on that. I will invest into that person I don't like because I love them. Thank you. That, that I, let our answer be, send me in Jesus' name. Amen.